Welcome back to Four of a Pine Podcast. This podcast is for all those out there just like us trying to figure out what's next in their careers. So join us and exciting guests as we discuss navigating our jobs, entrepreneurship, and all the ups and downs along the way. Hi, everyone. This is Kelsey, and I'm very excited for this week's episode because we'll get to talk to another amazing entrepreneur, Zoe Marudas. Zoe recently spoke about her mission at the Forbes Women's Summit in New York and is the founder and CEO of a healthy, organic baby food company called Bambinos Baby Food. Zoe was honored by the state of Texas with a resolution that commended her for dedication to improving childhood nutrition. Zoe has also been honored by the city of Waco, and Mayor Kyle Deaver proclaimed November 2nd, 2017 as Zoe Maruda's Day. She has her own day in honor of her outstanding leadership and commitment to health and nutrition. Zoe also has been presented with a certificate of appreciation from Baylor University, where she went for undergrad and medical school. Zoe today manufactures Bambino's baby food in Anchorage, Alaska, where she lives with her husband, Andres, and two children. And yes, she is joining us from Alaska right now. So we have really spanned the continent here. So Zoe, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a great honor to be here with you all. And today we are also joined by one of my co-hosts, Grace who, as many of you know, is super passionate about health and wellness, and she has been following lots of trends in the broader health industry, and so I know she is also very excited to talk to Zoe today. Thanks, Kelsey, and hi, everyone. So today we will first learn about Bambino's baby food. There's a lot to learn about the products, how she got started with the company, and we'll hear about some of the biggest lessons she's learned along the way. So as Kelsey mentioned earlier, you spoke at the Forbes Women's Summit here in New York, which is actually kind of how we met. We've been connected by our dear friend, Meryl. But maybe before we really dig into the business, we'd love for you to share that experience being surrounded by so many amazing and successful women like yourself. It was absolutely motivating and empowering to see a very forward mission of opportunity and strength for our future leaders, women leaders. All We're all standing right beside each other, cheering on, and most importantly, encouraging women CEOs. doesn't matter if you're in the baby food industry, in the seafood industry, in the business, whatever background you're coming with, getting all those different ladders and empowering women to excel and give that voice and say, if you know it, you go for it. That's amazing. I know we talked about Zoe's impressive resume, but her product has also won a lot of awards. As we get started here, we'd love for you to just talk a little bit about the company itself and its product and what is special about Bambino's food compared to some of the other products out there on the market. Set the stage for us. Sure. So the, the traditional logic of baby food has always been in a pouch or in a jar with single ingredients, something that you find shelf-stable. When you think about a child's nutritional development, you're setting that healthy foundation right there and then that's going to last a life. You want that time to be the most impactful, whether it is for their development, for their bodies, their brains, their little bones, their muscles, but also for their eating habits of a lifetime. When I first started this, I was actually doing my geriatric rotation in Hillcrest Hospital in Texas. 
and I was working with adults. Oddly enough, you know, you see that life sometimes gives you kind of different types of challenges where just swallowing or digestive challenges, in this case, in our geriatric patients. And they were being fed baby food. And you saw that reaction, pushing the food away, or it's unflavorful, or it's not very appetizing. So that was like the first evolution of saying, wait a minute, what are our children having? What are our, what is the accessibility of healthy, delicious, nutritious meal? Really started diving in and saying, we can make a difference. We've had this wonderful opportunity in transportation and making things fresher, more nutritious, more convenient for families. It is time to evolve that into something healthier and better. So what's also unique about Bambino's baby food is that it replaces all baby food stage products with just one bag, right? It's it's basically the same thing that you feed your kid for the first few years of that baby's life. The stars are designed for little ones to enjoy as a popsicle, as a natural teether, melt for those who are just starting solids as a puree or stir in whatever meals they eat. And it's so it's one for all baby toddler meals and snacks. Anyway, Kelsey also briefly mentioned that you have a medical background. Now, while that certainly played maybe some role in you starting Bambino's baby food, I know we talked about this a little bit when we first met that your passion for and commitment to health and nutrition is really deeply rooted from a very young age, growing up in Alaska in a family of organic farmers. Can you just walk us through your story? What inspired you in addition to your experiences at med school when the company started and how you built it from scratch? Definitely. So our story is, I always say it's the real, true American dream. I come from a family, you know, we were living in Greece on a small island called Zante. There, my parents were farmers and the term organic was meaning this is how you just grow everything. The term organic is something kind of evolved now in the last 15, 20 years. So natural was the way. My parents, we immigrated to the United States when in 84. My mom and dad had fourth and fifth grade education in the Greek language. So none in, in English when we came. And the whole idea was that my mom and dad says we're going to come to America, help our children, give them the opportunity that they can grow and learn and establish in different ways. And we're going to feed our families that we meet the same meals that we prepare for our families at home, which we know they're clean, healthy and delicious. In a way, the big fat Greek wedding, we a Greek restaurant, which is where I grew up. And it's not just growing up in it. I worked it. I loved it. I lived it. Customer service, food production, the business sense, the marketing, all of that. I always call it my first education, my platinum education, because that really set the foundation of who I am today and what I believe in. My love and passion was science. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot where I came from and what I have learned. So I kind of had this very two unique backgrounds. So bringing back the Mediterranean diet, the love of science and nutritional development, bringing that education together with modern transportation and food production without pesticides and herbicides. I brought all of that knowledge together and I was like, ah, I don't want to talk about this. I'm part of the solution here. 
That's fascinating. I think you have this probably in your industry somewhat unique, almost 360 degree view from the food. You understand that piece of it. You understand the food services business. You understand the restaurant business, the customer facing business. And so you understand the health and science behind it. When you go on to the website, it's actually fascinating to see how much information there is, even for each product. There's so much information, not only on, okay, what is this product? How is it made? There's multiple ways you can prepare it, full serving sizes. If you want it for babies, you do this. Toddlers, you do this. Adults can do it. And I felt like there's so much information that I don't think I've ever seen that before for this kind of product. When you're looking into marketing now, everything has that minimalistic view. Give a little bit of information and then you're either grabbed by it or not. With Bambinos, when I created the company, I said, wait a minute, you don't need four different types of baby foods within the first three years of a child's life. The fact that we're using proteins and vegetables like salmon, this is a very different concept in the baby food industry because most of the baby food that you find is cheese, maybe, you know, turkey and gravy or maybe a kale and spinach salad kind of mix, which sounds great for us, but is it really great for the little one? (laughs) We're marrying today's diet habits into the child's diet habits. I've almost in a way when I was creating it thinking, do I just say this is baby food and leave it as a parade? But how many times do we look in our cupboards and be like, oh, I can only use this for this recipe or use this this one way? We need versatility. We only have so much in our minds and we're so busy. You brought so much to the table just with your background. But what would you say were some of the biggest challenges in terms of starting a business, especially ones that maybe popped up unexpectedly? I will share one specific one. When I was studying, we had a passing in the family, which was my dear brother. And I was still doing my medical rotation in Texas. And unfortunately, Alaska at the time didn't have a program that I could just walk into kind of thing and continue my education here. Things like that. You just make things happen as they develop. If your passion and commitment is always in that direction, no matter the challenges or things that come across, it makes you stronger. For me, it was very devastating because he was quite young. He was 37 years old. So it just kind of the whole family. When you're creating a business, you never forget your family. You know, Mm -hmm. the most important thing is how do you continue to grow your business when families have challenges? Where did you think or how did you find that motivation that really helped you get through those tough times? I think of it many times because now I'm actually experiencing another one. And I think, how did I survive that? And I almost play psychologist with myself all the time. Uh, All right, Zoe, break down, cry, do what you need to do. To allow yourself to mourn. I may, you know, hold my breath right now, but in one minute, I'm going to breathe again. Well, you are very strong. Thank you. From the business standpoint, I would say the most challenging is that I founded Bambinos in Alaska, and that is not a typical place to start a baby food company. And let alone when somebody might think of it from the logistics of the transportation if you're getting your goods out, but also where your resource is coming from. In Alaska, we can grow the best, the purest, the cleanest vegetables, not in greenhouses. So in about an hour and a half away from where we are, It's called like Palmer Wasilla, the valley. We grow the sweetest carrots, onions, potatoes. When you have these types of accessibilities to salmon and halibut, 
and beautiful virgin soil that has been untouched by pesticides and herbicides. You have these beautiful long durations of summertime, which is actually make vegetables more sweet. And if you think about it, Alaska has most of its goodies are coming up to Alaska right now, where you have this backhaul, which is empty. Now we have FedEx, we have a great UPS hub. So we have global transportation. So you have accessible to different markets. So that was the thing of thinking outside the box and growing a company in a place where it's not common. Just because it hasn't been done in Alaska, this does not mean that it can't be done, does not mean it should limit your growth or the opportunity to move forward. And you've clearly done that. You've accomplished, you were able to put together a team and establish a really good base. Four years of online sales direct to consumers where families order from our website. So basically we make the product, we fulfill the product and ship it with either one month supply or mm-hmm. family can subscribe anywhere in the United States. So actually speaking of the business model, like you mentioned, Bambino sells direct to consumer, but I know you're also at retailers, right? Sort of what the sales mix look like on direct to consumer versus retailer. So it's a very different platform. If you think about brand recognition awareness, when you're working with retail change, there is a a force of validation when something is also available at retail. We're in Albertsons, Albertsons Safeways. That is something, you know, if somebody wants to try one pouch of our baby foods, they can. If they want the convenience of having it directly to their door for one month supply, that's another thing. So it's very different in the aspect. They're not really competing with each other. They're nurturing each other. So the vast majority of your sales, it sounds like come from direct consumer, but retail presence really drives those direct consumer purchases. Yes, especially as you're now, this is still a young company. We're still making the connections to the different great retailers. So this is another way that saying, you know, we have validation through Albertsons. Who's next? So another topic we wanted to touch on is your experience with fundraising. I know during our brunch, you told me about your experience pitching for the first time while pregnant. (laughs) And the types of questions you encountered really resonated with me. So it would be great if you can share that with our listeners along with, you know, the biggest takeaways you got out from that experience. It was definitely a great learning experience, but every experience, it may come as a challenge to you. It's an opportunity to learn. So um, I had this great opportunity to meet a a group of investors. And at the time, I knew that the type of equipment we wanted for mass production, the beginning of our conversation, I wasn't expecting, or at least I didn't know at the time. And then about four or five months later, through multiple different interviews, the very last bit of presenting possibly was very close to getting our funding. I was starting to show. I didn't think it was important, you know, for me to disclose that I was expecting or anything like that. So when this last meeting happened, after, you know, a great presentation, everybody was really excited. My dress that was a little bit showed my my tummy. And the questions all of a sudden turned from the financial standpoint of the business of to what was I going to do after I had my little one? And I kind of just stopped because I couldn't believe that this question was actually being asked. We're in such a great forward movement. I turned back to the folks and I expressed to them, I said, 
I don't feel that this is an appropriate conversation. Let's get back to the numbers. But it's, it's something that happens. And I think many times women might experience these kind of things. But I just kind of rolled it off in the meeting. And I said, okay, let's bring it back to the point. What is the point? It's not my pregnancy. It's not my baby. It is the future generation of healthy babies that have accessible foods for them. You know, and how do we make this enterprise? But when I got back home, I was just like, if you're a man, that question, we're like, oh, your wife is expecting, what are you going to do with work? (laughs) Seems like, I mean, I don't gone through this, but I think it's one of those situations where just like anything could come up in the business. And this is actually something you could potentially plan for in advance, too. There's so many uncertainties that it, it just seems like a silly thing to focus on. But that point, obviously, this is an experience that there are a lot of things that anyone going in front of investors to try to build their business is are going to encounter. But there's might be some things that women and I know and Grace has spent a lot of time in this where just not as many women. So is it harder to find mentors? Well, the question is, have you found that you have people you can go to in this entrepreneurial journey that you're on is it you know events like the women's summit where you have all these people together or is it but you can get great advice from anyone anywhere and you don't feel like you have to go seek out women I can totally say that all it has never been specifically men or women that I have gotten in my guidance I've gotten the most impactful motivating and supporting words from many from many men in different industries There's wonderful supporting individuals from both sexes in that. Um, I was on the plane and there was an individual. We had about a six-hour plane ride there. And uh, he ended up looking over his shoulder and he saw that I was working on something. He goes, oh, tell me about your business. And we just unfolded into this great conversation. And then he ended up telling me that he has this $90 billion company. (laughs) We just like, you know, and I hear I'm like killing in my business, which is much, much smaller. And there was something that he said to me that this is about four years ago. It has set my foundation and comfort to an expectation that I can continue to work with. And it was, he says, Zoe, it doesn't matter. Your first hundred dollars that you invest in your business, it hurts. When you invest your first thousand dollars, it hurts. 10,000, 100,000, 1 million. You know, in those increments, he goes, Your level of sensitivity is the same in every single aspect of growth. You just keep building your strength, your endurance, and your awareness of your industry, and you build on that. It did hurt every increment that we kept growing at. It hurt just the same. The same feelings of, oh my gosh, am I going to fail? Oh my gosh, am I making the right decision? Am I making the right investment? Is it, you know, uh, am I going to be able to bounce back and grow again? All those levels. He goes, this is normal. This is entrepreneurship. And I have lived by that ever since saying, this is the life you set. Get used to it. I mean, that's great advice. I think some of that's perspective too. You're so focused on, on the growth, but at the same time, there's this, commonality throughout any any business that anyone has started all entrepreneurs like feeling the same thing whether you're you know day two in your business or I'm sure this guy has been successful and maybe he's a little further along or maybe things went really well on day one I don't know but um happens with (laughs) perseverance and courage 
I am a part of many women internship programs. I have from elementary students, high school students, college students. Many times, it's not the financial support that you need. That hand on the shoulder saying, I gotcha. You lean back, I gotcha. But even you just bouncing the idea, you just perfected that you're going to share someone that you're going to present to and it's going to make that difference for your, your business. Mine has been my mom. I really think, you know, she's always been there and she says, never let anybody clip your wings. That's awesome. So just going back for a second to fundraising. So that probably that first pitch or fundraise didn't really pan out. Do you still own 100% of your company or have you since raised external capital? I am very honored to say that we still own 100% of our company. Our growth has come from our clients. We're growing the company and being able to share that with our employees and our families. I think in the most important aspect, fundraising is I'd love to find that like-minded individual or entity that really supports the mission of a healthier generation. Um, There was a talk that I gave in California on healthy conscious manufacturing. I think there's two, you know, like if you think about all of our medical ailments that we have in the world, there's actually, there was a study done that 97% had to do with our food, you know, what we're eating, Mm -hmm. where we get food. So if you think about it from a manufacturer standpoint, that holy grail as saying a healthy conscious manufacturer and you're only good using good practices, not just in the sense of making sure that your feet, your food is clean, but that healthy conscious manufacturing of saying these processes are good for your body to digest. You're not creating extra waste with packages. Like if you think in mm-hmm. our food packages, which actually I'd love to share this, is they, they come in the stand-up resealable pouch that they come in 15 little stars. Those stars are designed mm-hmm. for your limiting trash. That makes sense. And we've kind of heard something similar from another founder we talked to who basically said, you know, it's very important for her to really find the right people to partner with. So it's, it's not just about raising capital. It's about keeping the vision of the company intact, which it sounds like you know that that resonates from, from what you just said. And it also sounds like you're still growing at a pace that you're happy with. And, you know, they always say that your customers are the cheapest source of growth capital, right? Which is 100% correct. So that's great. You're growing and you're financing the business, the growth of the business with sales from your, your customers. Very true. So not to underestimate the power of investment. For sure. You know, because here we're saying we're growing very organically, which means it's slower. 100% yeah. agree. It's, it's just, it's a slightly different trajectory, right? Like you're just going to grow a lot more quickly with more capital. But on the flip side, you're going to have to give up some control. So that's something that you also have to balance as well. That's why you have to find that like-minded where you're saying the control that you're sharing is a successful relationship. I mean, speaking of, of growth, as much as you can share, do you have ideas for what future of your business looks like or how you think about growing your business? You have, you know, what we're calling organic baby food, but it is something that adults can use. You talk about, especially, you know, patients if you're sick or maybe you've had dental surgery or something where you need, you know, that more concentrated and a different format. What's the future look like? 
the future is really helping make that mission of a healthier peer generation, whether it is your adult or your little one, and having that accessibility available. America, we have over 4 million babies born each year. We just tiptoed into the Chinese market, which is 18 million babies a year. The baby food industry is a substantial opportunity. And of course, what is better than a great financial return that has a healthy mission behind it? So helping share this mission and creating that great opportunity for families that you're sharing it and for everyone to live a little longer and enjoy a little more. I was, this is a little bit random, but I was also reading an article on Baby and Kids magazine about your peanut allergy prevention cookie. It caught my eye as I was doing research on the company. Talk about that briefly, just because I think it's really cool and interesting. Sure. So in 2015, there was a study that came out by the New England Journal of Medicine. This study was specifically for high-risk infants. And the study showed that if a child had 7 grams of peanut protein in their diet, daily starting at four months to 18 months consecutively, it reduced the opportunity of the peanut allergy developing by 85%, which is a great substantial number. And what was used in the study was a product similar to like the American cheese puff, which was a peanut puff. And actually, I was in the hospital, just had my little girl. And one of my friends who is an allergist, she goes, Zoe, you got to read this article. I looked over it and she goes, you got to come up with something different. And I was like, truly, I got to come out with something very different. (laughs) Because here we're introducing a child to be eating a certain amount of cheese puffs slash peanut puffs. Right. Mm-hmm. I said one that's a choke hazard. Second, that is a a lot of little puffs to feed a child, which is like twenty-two little puffs a day. Oh wow. Uh, feeding them is an average of three or four hours a day. What are you gonna spend, you know, an extra hour and a half making sure they have these little all their puffs, <laughs> eat all their puffs. You know? So I, I said, Hold on, let me do some calculations. It took me a couple of days. And then I sent back here and she goes, okay, we're presenting at American Allergy Foundation. I created a cookie and it's nutrient rich, it's delicious, but again, the source comes from real peanut protein. That first presentation, I was really excited yet very nervous because here we're going against against the wind saying children should be having peanut proteins and here we are we're introducing a cookie yeah a healthy a healthy cookie a healthy cookie yes yeah it was really amazing the first year it was a very unique concept Um, we already had about three months behind us that this our peanut manny cookie was in allergists and pediatricians offices the following year was asked to come again where that previous year was like a 50 50 reaction the second year was like a 75-25. The wow. third year, the allergists were presenting our product as a natural alternative. That's an ama- amazing story. I think we are just so excited that you shared that with us and for inspiring our listeners. We're about time to wrap up, but if you wouldn't mind sharing where the best place is for listeners with children or soon-to-be moms to find you and your products thinking about all of my friends I know we're like in this stage of all these babies newly arriving and coming soon and I have now an excellent baby gift for everyone thank you so our goodies are available at bambinosbabyfood.com and there you can find all the beautiful varieties in fact you might even be able to find our lactation cookies and some goodies for moms and dads to enjoy at the family table not just for their little ones 
Uh, we also have a few select items on Amazon and many uh, Albertson Safeway stores. But most importantly, any family comes and visits Alaska, they're welcome into our manufacturing to see and learn about our process and then order it and have it delivered to their home. Perfect. So I know we started this conversation by us talking about how Grace met you at the Forbes Women's Summit. And are, are there any other events where you plan on speaking soon or is that the kind of thing that you do fairly often? Yes, of course. Actually, that is something that I'd love to give back either to the business or women entrepreneurship to motivate, share and inspire art with our journey. So in any of the areas of my expertise, if there's an opportunity where families or businesses would like for me to come and be a guest speaker, I would love to be a part. Yeah, well, thank you so much again, Zoe. And um, all our listeners, if you'd like to check out Bambino's Baby Food, we will include its website in the episode notes. And as always, if you'd like to reach us, send us an email at fourofakindpodcast at gmail.com. That's spell out number four. You can also follow us on Instagram with the handle at Four of a Kind Podcast for updates. And don't forget to hit subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. And thank you so much again to our guest, Zoe, and to my co-host, Grace, and to everyone for tuning in. So have a great weekend, everyone.